You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth is he doing here? Well, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it? It's a faint vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who? A fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. Who are you? <laughs> I'm glad you asked that again. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Now, please, get off this planet. Well, you still have a choice. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Earth Station Who. That's right. Season 12 is behind us. And you know we always have to wrap it up here on the station. And it is going to be a very interesting conversation. Uh, We're going to do it a little differently. Instead of having everybody who was on with us this season all be in one room together, we thought it'd be kind of cool instead to just have me, Mike, and Mary just chat about it and, you know, give our thoughts about it. And then I went out and talked to each one of the folks who joined us individually. Get So it gives them a little more time and people not interrupting and stuff like that. And, you know, the people feeling like they've been left out. This is their chance to tell you what they thought. So it's pretty awesome that we're doing it this way. So this could be a longer episode of our station who. So it's social distancing. Exactly. Style. Exactly. We're standing at least six feet away from each other. And in some cases, 600 miles away from each other. <laughs> so it's even better in some cases. So it's pretty awesome. And we got a great crew here. Of course, my regulars are here with us. Let's first say hello to Mary Ogle. Hi, everybody. It is great to be here. Happy, happy, Mary. You staying safe? I am, or at least I'm trying. I mean, it's God knows it's a scary time. My mom's retirement community is practically on lockdown. Oh, God, I can only imagine. I truly can only imagine what's going on with that. That's tough. And then we, of course, we have the man who constantly is washing his hands, Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. Yeah, I see you've Never been hoarding. Be too careful. I've been seeing you've been hoarding all the uh, hand sanitizer, of course, and that's how he handles it. It's okay. It's cool. But, you know, hopefully everybody at home is safe, and this is just weird going on. And, you know, the cool thing about it is we have podcasts to listen to, and we have podcasts to produce. So it's a win-win situation for all of us So it should be actually pretty darn awesome. And we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. And let us know you're just doing safe or something. Please write us at earthstationwho at esonetwork.com. Definitely want to hear from you guys. Please definitely let us know how you guys are doing. Oh, man, there's just so much to talk about. And let's just jump in. Season 12 of of Doctor Who. I almost said (laughs) season 12 of Earth Station. (laughs) God, we're not that far yet. Getting there, but not quite. Of course we will. But yes, season 12. Let's just jump in both feet. How do you think it ranks compared to Jodie's first season? I think it's better than the first season, but I'm not sure that's saying much. (laughs) I mean, I love Jodie. 
I'm not sure I'm thrilled about the direction Chibnall's going, but I would say series 12 was okay-ish. <laughs> had some good episodes, had some bad ones. <laughs> Mike? Yeah, I mean, I think that the uh, the lows were lower, but the highs might have been higher. Uh, I think overall, you could tell that they attempted to, if I may say, right the ship uh, from the uh, previous season. So there were some definite improvements in terms of, uh, you know, using past uh, characters and, and material from the franchise, as well as, uh, you know, sort of mixing up the, the companions a bit. Now, I, um, I, I don't think they were entirely successful at it, but I do think that there, at least there was the attempt. I mean, you know, uh, the one thing that we all noted, and I think we're all noted, we are notable for this, is that uh, uh, we, um, we commented that last year, last year, there was just way too much Graham. There's never uh, enough Graham. Come on. What are you talking about? <laughs> See? And, uh, um, and I think even though he was present for all the episodes this season, uh, they didn't really put it um, in your face. And, uh, and I think uh, the best beneficiary of that of all was Yaz. Oh, extremely so. Yeah, I agree. I thought, you know, most of the companions started very weak this season, but I think Ryan throughout the whole season was non-existent. I think, you know, both Graham and Yaz started getting stronger and then down the stretch, Yaz took it away, especially the last like three episodes, four episodes. Mm-hmm. I thought she was yeah. great. Unfortunately, what that meant, like if Yaz was getting more, um, more noticeable, uh, more character time, then that meant somebody wasn't. And in that case, it was Ryan. Um, It's difficult. Like, you know, I don't, I still am just baffled by the idea that they, they brought in three companions to begin with Uh, because they obviously were not equipped to handle three companions. And that was a struggle this season. Uh, a lot of times you could tell they just took the companions as a whole and put them all off the table. So we didn't even, they weren't even part of the story. Well, just that was the Jody whole, be Jody. That was the whole Jack thing right there with Captain Jack coming back. And yeah, Captain Jack babysitter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, you know, it was really interesting because there's, there's some kind of writing dislodge with this. And I don't know if it's Chibnall. I don't think it's writers they bring on board. And they're, you know, for me, I thought it was some very strong stories this season. The Tesla one was amazing. Uh, I did like the Mary Shelley episode, at least the first part of it. And then the episode with the, the Jadoon was just, was awesome. And, you know, I love how they pulled the wool over our eyes with that one. And I thought, you know, these had some of the best, you know, probably recent season stories, even since some of the Capaldi stuff in it with like the Tesla episode. And, you know, but that's, it's just interesting to see, you know, how strong those were, but they had such a horrible episode with that damn vacation story i thought or the one that will not be named exactly if yeah. that's 
that one was, was definitely the low point. <laughs> that definitely was a low point. I think that's the low point almost of the whole new series. I'm going to actually even put it below the absorb a lot episode. Oh, that's pretty low. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it uh, it was really I, I'm bad. Not going, yeah, I'm not going that low on that one. But um, I mean, teach their own. Uh, I thought, I think you're right. I think uh, for me, uh, the high point was the the Tesla episode, um, followed uh, pretty much second. I think was the um, the uh, haunting of Villa Diodati. Um, I, I like that as well. The only thing I didn't like about it is that it was just a prequel to the finale which um i wish it had not had that stuff in it um or at least been more committed to it instead it was just sort of half and half but i like the way that uh the characters interacted and in, in that sort of thing um i'm not as high up on fugitive of the, of the june as you are um i i thought it was kind of sloppy and uh the others were just kind of to me the others were just kind of there um some of them had great potential Spyfall had so much great potential um, and it just didn't live up to it as did um, I'll say that uh, about uh, uh, Praxius and then the finale. Uh, They had, I think potential, but they just kind of fell. They were just kind of there. Yeah. They fell flat. Well, what do you, what do you think it is? Do you think it's characterization? Do you think it's just clunky storytelling? I think it's clunky storytelling. A lot of it, truthfully. I just, there were so many holes in these stories. You could drive a fleet of TARDISes through them. It was, it was just really bad. Some of the the holes they left open and they just didn't think through things. And it just felt like Chibnall kept on throwing things against the wall. He got so many complaints last season about not being able to bring anybody back about trying to go his own direction and how almost completely it failed it just felt like this season he said okay you want old things we're going to bring back old things we're going to bring back Gallifrey we're going to bring back the master we're going to bring back the Cybermen we're going to bring back the Jadu you know blah 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 you know type thing yeah I still don't think Chibnall gets Doctor Who (laughs) I mean he's he's better (laughs) when he goes dark he's not good at balancing comedy and drama and it, I mean, it, the scenes that should be heartfelt, they often come off as fake and contrived. He uses his villains uh, like throwaway characters. And and it's hard to become invested in the story when you do that. And one of the criticisms that was laid across last season was that it had some, you know, Doctor Who now had an apparent in your face social and political agenda. And unfortunately, um, which it, we all know it's always had to some degree. Uh, but unfortunately, when you don't have strong stories and you don't get great characters, you don't create great characters, guess what looks like it's like right out in the open <laughs> it's the, is the message, right? So we get these messages that seem like they're in your face and, and you know, they're hammering home and all that. But I think, you know, I think the, in a lot of cases, uh, like, and I'll go ahead and name it because I didn't hate it as much as you do, but like Orphan 55, for an example, it was, was one of those ones where it could have been handled very well if the story and the characters had been better. 
Um, but like that one and Praxia, so both of those, I think in particular, are ones that people are pointing to Doctor Who going, oh, that's too much. And I think in some cases they're right. Not that the message shouldn't be in there. It's just that you need a balance. And Chibnall doesn't, he's having a hard time trying to get that balance. No, I agree with that. I could definitely see, you know, what you're saying. And a lot of people are complaining about the social commentary about hitting us over the head with it too. And I didn't mind it as much. Orphan 55 was a little too much. Praxius, not as much. I actually enjoyed Praxius. I thought it was actually a very riveting story. Yeah, I don't mind the social commentary at all. I just Mm-mm. want to have a good story along with it. I don't want that to become the the centerpiece. I want it to be part of the story. Because when it becomes a centerpiece, then it just it just seems superficial. It just seems like you're lecturing. Mm-hmm. And instead of coming from a from a deeper place, and that's what I wanted to see with these stories, and I just don't feel like we got that most of the time. So uh, here's a question to both of you, because it was one of the things I was monitoring kind of throughout the season as well. Uh, look, I know we all like Jody, but this is the second series that she's been in. Where do you think she ranks now as far as for you, your, as far as your favorite doctors, as far as uh, being a compelling doctor? I love her. I think she's awesome. I do, I do not blame her for anything about the season. I think she's the shining light of these seasons. You know, she she makes me look forward to watching Doctor Who. Half the time I'm going into it going, oh, God, the story's going to be crap. But Jody's there, so it's awesome. And I mean, Yeah, I love Jody too. I love watching her. I, I think she's done great things with the character with, with very little help from the writers a lot of the time. Mm-hmm, exactly. She lights up the screen. She lights up every scene that she is in and which that's what you want from a doctor. And I think she captures that for me out of where does she rank against all the other doctors? For me, I think she's probably in my top five. Yeah, she probably is for me too. Um, just for I her can't, alone. Yeah, I can't I can't put her there. Um and it's it's not I'm not blaming her for that. Um because I just don't think that the writers have given her I know it's really crazy in a, in a season where you know they've kind of really made the doctor story be in in your in in the front and center at the end. Uh you know, they I still don't feel like they I don't feel like I feel like in some ways she's got into a rhythm, but I still don't feel like we get enough doctor moments. And I don't, like I said, I don't think it's her fault. I think just the way they're writing it, it's just, she doesn't get a chance to shine as much as I think she should. And, and so because of that, I like, as far as my doctors go, I, 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 you know, and obviously she's in the top 10, so that's pretty easy. Um, but, um, I, I can't say that I, I would put her in the top five. Okay. That's fair. And, you know, I'm sure people at home 
you know, are going, what? You know, they're yelling back at us or such. And it's, that's the thing with it. It's everyone has their own version. My favorite doctor might not be your favorite doctor, but the fun thing is whenever I'm interviewed or people ask me, Mike, who is your favorite doctor? I usually go whoever is playing the doctor right now. Except for Colin. Sorry, guy. Can't do it. <laughs> hey, Colin's, gr- you Colin's didn't, you, great. You didn't even say that finish. then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so... I have to say that so far my, my biggest emotion about the Chris Chibnall era is just frustration. Yeah, <laughs> very I much so. Like, yeah, there's an incredible amount of potential there. Jody's great. Um, I think... I think Ryan could be fine if they just did something with him, but they just don't. Um, which, you know, why I don't understand why they have three companions. I mean, that almost never works. It's very hard to, to you know, give them enough to do. To, to You don't have a lot of time to develop them that way. So it seems you like a strange decision a, to me. Do you think it was a matter of uh, they were more concerned about creation than they were about actually creating characters that work? That's a good question. They're like, we have to make sure we have this, this, and this. Yes, actually. Uh, because, because, if, because if we don't, then, you know, we're going to lose X, Y, and Z or something. Or, or you know, uh, I don't know whether, and, and who knows where this came from. I don't know if this was Chibnall's idea. I don't know how much leeway he has over his bosses in terms of, I would imagine the BBC has something to say about, no, no, you can't do this. You can't do that. Um, but I don't think he has free range to do whatever he wants. I could be wrong about that. But there are definitely other people listed in in the production as far as producers. So uh, I would imagine that they have some sense as well. I, I it's weird, even though Chibnall is the showrunner, this year, th- since he's taken over, I feel like it's less his vision than uh, the previous showrunners. Do you guys feel that too? Or is it, well, is it or do you just feel like... I don't know less his vision or, or that he doesn't have a vision. <laughs> That's more what I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking... I'm really thinking that it's more he is, does not have a clue about what makes Doctor Who tick. And he's just throwing things out there and hoping something sticks. And, you know, it's just, it's just tough because I want Doctor Who to be innovative. I want Doctor Who to be great. But we're just constantly banging our heads against the wall. and. It's just it's just falling flat in a lot of places because the, the bads in the series right now are really bad. Yeah, I mean there were some, but you know there were some high points. There were I, I did like the season better than the first one. Oh God, yes, I, I agree. Did, yeah, I did. I mean, I really enjoyed Tesla. I really enjoyed uh, Villa Diodati. Flight of the Jadoon. I enjoyed the first part of the of the two parter finale. I did not enjoy the second part, but <laughs> you know. Yeah. So there's. It's. I don't feel like this is the worst thing I've ever seen or anything like that. I'm not going to walk away from Doctor Who or anything like that. 
but it's just it's like I said before, it's frustrating because I feel like there's there's a lot of good ideas here, and this could be something fantastic, but it's not getting there. Um, where do you rank uh, taking aside the uh, the the Doctor and the Companions? You know, we had a few recurring characters as well as um, other characters as a whole. Um, what do you guys make of the new master, the Ruth doctor, uh, the use of the Cybermen, the Jadun, all that sort of, sort of thing. Is there anything that, uh, that worked for you? Yeah, I actually did not mind the master as much as a lot of people out there did. I actually was pleasantly surprised with the master showing up. I... You know, I would have loved it if it was more the Missy Master, but I would, you know, you always can't get with that. And I really, I was surprised when, you know, the guy turned out to be the Master. And it that actually really surprised me. And it was just like, okay, that got me. Um, did I think his plans were typically you know, what we've said many times on the show, as always, not thought through. Yes. You know, it's typical master. Is he more manic? I think he's a lot closer to the John Sim master than anything we've seen. I would have liked to have seen a more original master, like like Missy was, to be fair. It it was going to be hard being the the master that came after Missy. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. It was going to be difficult. Very much so. And that's where I thought, you know, it, I thought it worked. I thought it was, I I thought the whole thing with him destroying Gallifrey. No, I thought that was stupid. And, you know, we talked about that in our last episode quite a bit. You know, it was in this episode, he, you know, in this, with his showrunner, they destroyed Gallifrey again when Moffat took so long to rebuild it back and bring it back it's just like like, what's the the most part we liked having gallifrey back right yeah yeah i mean there was a time when it was gone but i think we all kind of wanted it back and you know say what you will for better for worse you know uh it was brought back during um moffat's run and yeah now it's gone again um and so yeah someone else is going to have to and it's not going to be chimno chimno's not going to bring it back again i don't think Uh, i doubt it um, so, so in which case is going to be gone until the next showrunner, who's going to have to come up with some, you know, silly excuse to bring it back. Um, depending on what stories he or she wants to tell. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm with you, Mike. I did not care for that, uh, aspect of it either. It just seems so pointless. Mm-mm. And I think we all agreed the whole thing with him cyberizing the Time Lords was just ridiculous and it it just it just didn't okay i thought it was ridiculous it was stupid but don't say all of us all of us agree because we don't i thought it was okay okay you were the one (laughs) so i am you are the one you're the chosen one so like i said if bbc out there wants to send me a uh what do we call them cyber lord cyber master what do we call those figures um 
Whatever garbage. those figures are going to be, uh, garbage. <laughs> I'll take. I'll take mics. I'll take two, please. Uh, um, but you know, I mean, the, it, yeah, it's it's annoying that you would give this whole revelation to the doctor about how she's been used and abused by the Time Lords, and she can't confront them now. Like she, they, you take that that story away from her. Like, you, kill, you kill the drama. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, she never gets the chance to, like, you know, so I, that seemed ridic- ridiculous. It's like, yeah, she. it's like he wants to do these things, but it, there's, he wants to do, yeah. people talked about Moffat and, and not having, like, consequences. Like, I don't think Chibnall's got any consequences with his stories whatsoever. No, they literally ripped the c- carpet out from under the doctor right there and it was just like that's just it it doesn't make for good storytelling i mean the only character of note in the two seasons that has died was uh ryan's mom or grandmother rather grandmother right ryan's grandmother and she comes back like every other episode so it's like (laughs) you know in some form so uh you know uh that 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 sort of like not death thing continues although i don't see chimno getting half the heat on it that uh that moffat got um, oh he's getting heat on it it's just as much i just i think maybe it, maybe it's just not in the top 10 of things to be hot about it <laughs> exactly there's so much other things yeah there's so much more and everything <laughs> And like Mary, I did enjoy this season. I really did. And overall, I thought it was so much better than the last season. And, you know, I I thought they bringing the Jadoon back was a great idea. I liked the whole being surprised, you know, when they said in, in Fugitive of the Jadoon, when they said, oh, there's going to be a game-changing, you know, thing in this episode. And you saw Captain Jack come back and it was like, Oh, Jack's back. That's awesome. It's great. And then they introduced Ruth doctor. That was awesome. I, I didn't. And it's something, you know, I've noticed is I was surprised a couple times this season, just like, wow. Surprised, which is pretty awesome. And I haven't felt that way on a TV show for a while because it's usually leaked. Yeah, the 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 first episode surprised me with the revelation of the master. Um and in true, you know, callback fashion, uh third like third doctor fashion, like the way the master's revealed and his plot and everything is just amazing. But at the end by the end of the episode when he says to her everything you know is a lie. That's when I knew things were not going to go. <laughs> it's going to be all downhill from there. <laughs> I was like, Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> and then, so we had that hanging over us. And then I think that affected my enjoyment or lack thereof of fugitive of the Jadoon. I think that, uh, in, you know, that, that kind of affected even the haunting of Villa Diodati. Um Ascension, the Cybermen, of course. And that ends almost the exact same way. Like with the master jumping through and all of a sudden going, Hey, everything's going to change forever now. I'm like, ah, damn it. Here we go again. And, uh, and then so constantly when I'm looking ahead at this series, 
I'm kind of not excited. I mean, we don't get Doctor Who again until New Year's Day. And it's a Dalek episode. I'm not excited, guys. Yeah, I'm. I said this. I said this I'm in curious. a comment on Facebook, but I'm just continuously reserving judgment. Bingo! That's exactly I mean, right. I try, but I'm not excited. You know, I'm. 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 Yeah, reserving <laughs> reserving judgment is is not being excited, right? I mean, we're not we're not super excited for the next one, even though it was kind of a nice cliffhanger at the end, having her go into the hands of the Jadun. You know, like, oh, where's that going to lead? Mm-hmm. But then, you know, right away, Will it they lead they anywhere. Say, <laughs> is the exactly. Are they even going? Yeah. What? I yeah. Will it lead anywhere? And is it just yeah? We, but we know that the main dudes, bad guys, are well. We, we've been told anyway that the next one is going to be a, a Dalek story. And, and I can't say that I'm. So yeah, here here we are. And with the end of the season, and I'm like, oh, we're going to get season 13, and I wish I could say I was excited. Now, um, you know, we also have heard that there's going to be some change in companionship uh, with the next season as well. So we don't know exactly how that'll shape up or shake out, but um, is there any, like for me, I'm kind of of the opinion that uh, I wouldn't mind seeing the doctor with Yaz and that's it. Um, they're going to add one more. They're going to add one more or completely wipe the slate clean. Um, is there anybody now? There was a lot of great candidates this season for people that I would enjoy more <laughs> than the current companions that could join up. Uh, but where are you guys at as far as going into the next season? What, you would like to see as far as the doctor and the companions. I think Ryan has to go. And I actually hate to say that because I thought his character had, had potential, but they never went anywhere with it. And I don't think they are going to go anywhere with it. So if we're going to lose a companion, I think it would be best to lose Ryan because actually Graham and Yaz had some good scenes together you know, I could see them traveling together, but Ryan just, it's just not working. Nope, exactly. I'm not going to be sad to see Ryan go. I'll, I'll be the first one to say it. I'll be like opening the door and going, bye, see ya. Have a good life. And, you know, they haven't done enough with his character. And, you know, he's... They're already sowing the seeds for him leaving. There's been a couple different episodes where he's been questioning him being in the TARDIS and everything. Yeah, they were almost implying he was going to leave. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's going to be a leaving thing because if they kill him, nobody's really going to care. No no tears for Ryan. Although... That's the name of our folk album. There we go. (laughs) Uh... Uh, I will say though, if if Bradley is still there and Ryan dies, Bradley's reaction alone will probably get me to tear up because Bradley's so good. And look, I'm not saying I want to show without Bradley because um, I think he's really, really, really good. But I think they've kind of taken Graham as far as they can as well. I just don't see him like you know he and Ryan were so stuck with that that uh, 
you know, we're missing, uh, I can't remember her name now. Uh, you know, Ryan's grandmother. I can't even remember her name, but you know, they, they were so stuck in that storyline the first season and the second season, they didn't Grace. really address that. Oh yeah. Thank you, Grace. They didn't even address Grace at all much, except she shows up a couple times. Um, but it, they didn't really have anything else. They were like, okay, we're not going to make that their only character trait. Let's do that. Have them some, do something else. And they couldn't think of anything else for them really to do. <laughs> so, so uh, I agree that Graham and Yaz's scenes together were better than Graham and Ryan or Yaz and Ryan. And so, you know, not really very difficult to see what the common denominator there is. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I will say that um, uh, Yaz was the one that came out the strongest. And uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm game. If anybody stays, I I would say let it be Yaz. Um, but I could also see being okay with just two. If you want to do two, two whole new companions. I'll. I'll just wait and see because the doctor does need a companion. And I think the dynamic between Yaz and the doctor has been getting stronger and stronger. Yeah. I mean, as, as far as the companions go, I, if I'm, if we're only going to have one, I would prefer Yaz. I mean, it may, maybe Graham would, you know, join them sometimes. It doesn't have to be all the time. But Ryan, I mean, Ryan probably just needs to pull a Tegan and say, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I've had enough. I'm out of mm. here. Or even worse, do an Adric. <laughs> Oops, did I say that? Hmm. So. Well, I think, I think, <laughs> I think when Adric was killed, people cared. I mean, people cheered, but that means they cared, <laughs> right? Uh I mean, this would kind of be like, you know, when Danny died, like people are going to be like, I don't really care. Yeah. Well, another character that went nowhere. And it's a shame. You know, it's, it, 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 I think it, it's really shameful when uh, these showrunners, creators, writers, etc., give us characters of diversity and then fail them. I absolutely agree. Yeah. That doesn't do anybody any favors. No. No, nope. I mean, agreed. That's not representation. That's that's what I've been saying all season. I don't want to just see faces. I want to watch stories that reflect different voices, different points of view that come from life experience that the mainstream media mostly ignores. And that is not what we got. But for the most part, Wait. we learned a little bit more about Yaz. Which, you know, it's strange because, you know, I mean, Chibnall has gone out of his way to bring a lot of voices, directors, writers, people who've never worked on Doctor Who before, uh, of all different, uh, you know, shapes, sizes, ethnic, that kind of thing. And yet, you know, it just hasn't clicked. It makes me wonder if they're being constrained somehow. Interesting. It, you know, are they are they being given like rigid outlines to to write from that that they can't deviate too much from, or or I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm surprised that that there hasn't been more. 
No, understandable. And that's the crazy thing about it is there should be more outcry. I agree with you, Mary, there, that there should be people, you know, saying stuff about this and complaining more. And, you know, maybe that's why the numbers are going down, because people are just tired of it. So, yeah, sometimes, sometimes, you know, people don't analyze why things suck. They just go, they suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just they just they just tune into something else and and as much as i'm critical of doctor who uh this season and last season i will say i'm still on board i'm not even close to quitting uh it just makes me passionately angry sometimes that they are squandering their opportunities because we know how great this franchise can be Oh, of course, we've seen the highest of highs, but we've also seen the lowest of lows. And man, there's been some lows. (laughs) We'll probably get into more of those as we review more of Classic Who. Yes. Yeah, I think. So it'll be very interesting to see where we go. And, you know, I'm very cautious. I'm very, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic about what's to come. It sucks that we do have to wait now till New Year's. That just totally sucks. But I'm also, you know, we have a lot of other things we're going to do on the show. So people do not beware. We are going to be here to help out with your who fix. (laughs) I mean, you may not feel like analyzing it, but we will analyze it to death for you. Exactly. So I think we'll, it'll be interesting to see. So now we've got a, quite a few people to talk to us about what their thoughts were. And now we're here with friend of the show, Robert McIntyre. Welcome back, Robert. It's been way too long, sir. Way too long indeed, my friend. Oh, so are you ready to talk some Doctor Who? Always ready to talk Doctor Who. So what were your thoughts on season 12? Um, my initial thoughts or or my thoughts are that it was better than the season 11 and it kind of picked up on the level where season, the season 11 special finished, the Dalek one, it kind of picked up from that. Uh, I really enjoyed the, um, the two-parter, the new years and then onto the actual series. I thought that was excellent. I'm still a little bit unsure on the master. I have a few thoughts about have a few thoughts about him um, and who he reminds me of a little bit. Um, but all in all, I think the season was really, really good. It had more highs than it had lows, and it's really um, it's really picked up. So I'm really happy with it. So what were your highs and lows with this? Uh, the highs. Um, the Tesla story, I thought, was fantastic. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, I enjoyed the season finale. The first part, I think your guys touched on it, the first part, rather better than the second. Although I do agree with uh, Howdy Mike. Uh, I want those uh, Cybermen figures with the, uh, with the cape kind of things on. Oh, with their uh, big high great. collars. Yeah, yeah, I really, uh, I really like those. Um, the lows, 
often 19. I think you touched on that one. Was it often 19? Yeah. Yeah, no, or, was, that, or, or from 55. Or from 55, sorry. That, 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 were, uh, that were a bit of a low. Um, I still find Graham annoying, and I still find Ryan annoying. I think Yaz has been fantastic. Um, the Captain Jack uh, cameo was great, and I love the undisclosed Doctor. And I'm not totally against the retconning in of the previous lives. So you have no um, problem with the the timeless children? No, because things have changed. I mean, I remember them changing the Dalek origin from in Tom Baker's era, from when it was when they were first introduced. From what I remember with Patrick, and then they changed the origins again when the Time Lords interfered with Dalek uh, evolution. So oh, I, have, sure. I have no problem with that. So that's awesome, and it fits in. The only thing that for me that didn't fit in was why did she have a police box if she was before Hartnell? Yeah. My, my only thought is that is that Hartnell's, uh, the TARDIS remembered it were a police box in Hartnell's era and just fixed itself as that. Possibly. That's good. That is good. That, that's you... why I kind of retconned it anyway. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. And you said you had some issues with the master. Yeah, it, it reminded me a little bit of John Sims' master, the, the bit of a crazy master. But more so, it reminded me of uh, the big Finnish villain, is it the Eleven? Yes. Uh, who used to talk to himself, because his, his previous reincarnations were still in his head, communicating with him. And I, I actually felt that when the master was talking to himself, he was like talking to his past selves. And it reminded me very much of, of, of that, the 11. No, I could tell, totally see that. I didn't even put two and two together with that. That's actually really interesting with that part of the master's background. And I have, th- I have theories about that, but, you know, I talk about that elsewhere on the show. So it'll be very interesting to see where they go with it and how they evolve. Do you, are you excited about now going to the, you know, the next New Year's special and beyond? Yeah, very much so. Um, I got more... I didn't look forward to last year's New Year's special, but the Dalek story kind of lifted me up from that. So I was really looking forward to this year's New Year's special. And, or last year's... Oh, yeah, this is this year's New Year's special. And um, it's not... I don't think the series has let me down. I mean, Doctor Who does have ups and downs. Whatever... Um, whatever doctor you have and doctor you love. I mean, I've, I've recently been watching some of tenants and, and some of the tenants aren't that good, but he's universally loved. So uh, I'm, I'm cool with it going forward. No, very much so. And where, you know, would you want to see any other past heroes or villains come back and join the doctor? Or are you going to, do you want to, because it's out there that both uh, Graham and Ryan are leaving the show as the New Year's special. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what you guys said. I'd, I'd be happy for Yaz to stay. But if they decide to go a new companion, then I'm cool with that. But I'd like to see her with a female companion rather than a male companion. Sure. I think that's a better dynamic. Sure. And, you know, what are your thoughts on Jody this season? I think Jody's been fantastic. Um, 
I, I did think she was good last year, but she was just cooking, as we said. Uh, this year, she really, she were really got into it, and I think she'll only get better. Some of the stories let her down, but all in all, I think she's a great doctor. Excellent, and that that totally makes sense. And it's it's interesting to see with Jody, her almost like now she's wearing the doctor almost like another suit type thing. It's like she is the doctor. Yeah, she's a different doctor from what she was in the first her first season. She's more confident. She's taking command. Um, she's not like letting other people do things for her. She's the one. I mean, I think one episode she just said, this is, you know, this is my way. I can't always help people. We do it. This is what we do. And we do it my way. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That was in the uh, Jadun episode. She was like, you know, we are so at the top, you know, in the stratosphere in trouble, you know, type thing. And you guys are down at the bottom of what we need to do. And I'm so glad she did that. I'm I'm disappointed that the Time Lords have been uh, taken out again. But yeah. thinking, and, uh, any writer can always re- redo that, but I'm disappointed with that. Well, like we've, other people have said on this episode or previously, it's almost like RTD uh, got rid of the Time Lords so it, that she could focus on the Doctor. And then Moffat took a long time to get the time lords back into continuity and everything and now he's blown it you know with uh he's blown it completely out with the current showrunner yeah and, so. and going back to the question i would like to see coming back i would like to see the rani really that's yeah been... i would because that's been so long and i just think we've done the master to death why what if you're going to bring another time lord and and it wouldn't be a bad twist to have the rani to have been regenerated into a man Oh, I never even thought about that. That would be... Can you imagine the uproar with that? <laughs> what? No, the Ronnie's supposed to be... Fe- you know, and yeah. and it's like, hey, it happens. It definitely, definitely happens. So I'm definitely, you know, very curious. And I'm very happy to be able to talk to you and have you back on the show, sir. It's been fantastic. Short but sweet and enjoyed it, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> And now we're here with Dr. Scott Vigay. Welcome back, sir. Hey, hello, everyone. So, season 12 is in the vault. What do you think? Well, I, you know, I, I thought it was very ambitious. You know, they, they covered a lot, and any season that has Mary Shelley and Tesla, I mean, how could you not love that concept, right? Of course. Uh, I thought that that was fantastic. Um, I really enjoyed, you know, some elements. It was great. I think for me, the the highlight of the whole season was when uh, Jody's doctor said that there was no more of this flat organizational structure. I had been waiting for two years for her doctor to kind of take center stage and be the the star of the show, as it were. And so when that happened, I was very, very, very happy. But it should have been the Graham show. Come on. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Graham was more the doctor than the doctor has been for two years. And that's, and I think the writers know that. And that's why there was a, the, the joke with Jack. Uh, and, you know, oh, by the way, seeing Jack Harkness again. How cool is that? It, I know that every showrunner tries to make their own stamp on things. And it's always a new era. 
and and stuff like that. And especially, uh, there's always this give and take. Do you, how much are you tied to the show's past? Because at some point, you've got to make this accessible to new viewers, right? Uh, the population ages. You, you need to be able to get new people in. And if the, the first person who views this thing needs to know 60 years of backstory, that's not very accessible. So I understand why you want to do new shows like last year where it was, you know, no, no recurring villains or anything like that. This felt a little bit more familiar because of the way that they handled that. Uh, a lot of recurring elements uh, going way back, really. Uh, so that was, that was uh, also a lot more comforting to see. And then, of course, all the big changes that happened this year. Of course, and that was neat. But it was almost like last season, Chibnall was like, nope, we're going on our own. We're not going to do anything you're familiar with or anything. And now this season, he's like, all right, let's throw everything against the wall and see what sticks. <laughs> well, he's sort of a, a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. I would, I would hate to have his job because there's no way he's going to make anybody overly happy matter what he does right let's be honest about that if he if he caters to us fans uh from the you know 60s and 70s he's going to isolate the people that came to the show uh yeah around matt smith's time and if he goes completely off the reservation then he's just going to you know uh we have a very vocal group out here that that uh when we're upset we're you know make it known right and so he can make his life a living hell that said, it does kind of feel kind of like uh, Catherine Kennedy with Star Wars. So that, oops, went too far. Okay, you know, quick, backpedal, backpedal, backpedal. <laughs> look, look, it's, it's, it's aliens that you know. Look, it's still the same show. Uh, so there was a little bit of a, a feeling like that for me this year. Oh, very much so. I could understand that, you know, they, had, they couldn't appease everybody. And I think... One of the things I want to get your opinion on is what are your thoughts of how close to the vest they kept everything this season, that there were some pretty big surprises? Oh, I thought that they've done a really great job with that. Uh, You know, part of the, I guess part of the fun now is trying to figure out ahead of time what's going to be the big reveals each season. And when you have a show as beloved as Doctor Who, whenever the cast and crew go out and film, you know, the universe is watching and everyone's decoding every little set piece of information. And quite honestly, there was a ton of stuff that happened this year that I had no idea it was coming. I mean, I knew about Tesla and Mary Shelley from, you know, things that the, that the BBC released and, and stuff like that. But the, but the, the new doctors, uh, you know, and, the, you know, and all that big reveal and the whole thing with the timeless child and, and uh, the, the whole master plan for the season, that, that, was, that was great, including, in speaking of the new master. Uh, you know, I mean, there's, when, when, when people get upset about, well, that can't be, or how does that work? At some point, I think Doctor Who left that behind. Uh, you know, you have a character like the master, and every time we meet them, this is going to be the final death, right? Oh, I've done this, so now the regeneration is locked. Oh, this is this and this, and it's poison that's going to freeze the hearts before regeneration can set. But you know what? Somehow this master showed up somehow. Is he uh, post-Misty? Uh, I, I don't know. Nobody knows, and they're not going to say because they don't want to get you know put in a box, 
right? Uh, it, it's uh, so Doctor Who has uh, ceased to be logical in that regard. I think just because it would be easier to go that route. Uh, but I liked uh, the, this new master a lot. I thought he was just the right amount of crazy, and uh, I'm not entirely sure what his big plan was. And he just seemed to backpedal from being a, f- a friend of the doctors again. So he, he makes you try to figure out where he sits in the line of masters. Um, but I thought as a performance goes, I, I liked him. Oh, okay. And what about the big reveal about the timeless child? Oh, that, well, <laughs> okay. So m- I have no problem that they did it. Okay. So you're, they, as the BBC said, they're creating an official origin story for the doctor. And this is something that's been teased quite a lot. I, you know, Moffat made a whole year of trying to guess that. And before that, uh, Andrew Cardinal with, with his Cardinal master plan was trying to put more who back in Dr. Who. And so the fact that this is the showrunner that got to really make it very clear, at least for now, whatever that is, I'm okay with them attempting it. I think for me, where it falls apart isn't in what they did, but in the ramifications of what, what it means. So for example, when it came to prior to this, even with the Moffat era, the doctor knew what the big secret was, right? He was just keeping it quiet to himself. You know, his wife knew, but nobody else knew. You know, somehow his name was significant. His real name was significant. Or Sylvester McCoy's era, you know, he, he was more than just any other Time Lord, clearly connected to the origins of the Time Lord race and, and so forth. But more importantly, the Doctor himself knew. And uh, Silver Nemesis, the statue, knew, right? And, and stuff like that. So there was a sort of... Yes, there was this big secret. Yes, it went to the heart of the Time Lord Society, but the Doctor was a part of it and actively. Here, they robbed Jodie's Doctor of agency of that uh, by having it not be something within her own memory. Now she's the damsel in distress more than anybody else. And that's, again, just makes her feel like the weaker Doctor. And it's, yeah, she had that moment where she connected with all of her past and you know, stopped the cyber time lords, but eh. and then let's talk about that. If if oh, if, do please. If she's not a time lord anymore, then the fact that Gallifrey is gone for the fifteen thousandth time, uh, what does it matter? Why do I care? Why does the Doctor care? It, you, I, you know, the 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 tenth Doctor was uh, very popular with having his speech. You know, I'm I'm the Doctor. I'm from. Gallifrey, uh, you know, in the constellation of Casturbris, and I'm the oncoming storm. Now, none of that's true. And, and, and so, and that also goes to Gallifrey again. I, I understand why they did it in, when the show came back. Uh, that, you know, Gallifrey was this big elephant in the room. Did we really need it? Uh, which creates a mystery about it. Okay, and then for the 50th anniversary, what's actually do something that's really awesome. You know, it, the, the destruction of Gallifrey is weighed heavy on our hero this entire time. Let's give him a present. This, this once, everybody lives, right? But he's going to have to live with the idea that he did it, even though the, the most recent version knows that he didn't destroy Gallifrey. Okay, now Gallifrey is going to be in a pocket universe. But somehow, somehow, from the moment the, the doctor was leaving the, uh, the gallery with the Tom Baker 
uh, caretaker and the whole idea about where Gallifrey may be and you might be going home and all other stuff. None of that mattered. I mean, it, it, we never really went looking for it. And when we did find it, it was even more bizarre. And then we end up destroying it again and, or it disappears in another pocket universe, never to be heard from again unless you desperately needed it to be. And now here we have the master destroying all of Gallifrey just to destroy it. And now the Gallifreyans don't even matter. Nope. I think that's, that's the biggest problem. And this doctor doesn't seem to be curious enough to go looking. <laughs> you know, the doctor meets a brand new version of herself that she never even knew existed. And the way the episodes were written, there's no like, hey, maybe I should take a second and sit here and think about the ramifications of what does this mean? How does this, you know, I, my entire life isn't what I thought it was. Maybe I should be maybe just uh, affected by that somehow. But at no time is Jodie's doctor uh, allowed to. This is not a problem with the actress. This is a problem with the writing. And, and therefore, this big reveal, she's not even a Time Lord. I mean, she's the prototypical Time Lord, but she's not even a Gallifreyan. Uh, so I'm not going to mourn Gallifrey's loss. And I'm not even sure we're going to go looking for where her origins are. And if we do, does it care? Does it matter? So there's a big bombshell, but it ultimately was a whimper meaning nothing. Well, whereas whereas I think that if, if the seventh doctor's big reveal were to happen and it was like the other, or, you know, he was, you know, part of the, the creation of Time Lord society, you would cement that he is that important, but I don't know how important that would have been either. No, it totally makes sense. And one of the things I was wondering about that nobody's even asked is what are your thoughts of where the timeless child came from? Oh, right. Well, okay, so my wacky theory, given the fact that we're going to create things that don't matter, I think ultimately the the Timeless Child's uh, society is the real Time Lords. I, I think that that's what it's ultimately going to be. You know, this was, they're from the Prime Universe, and this is a Beta Universe, and they're from the real Gallifrey. I think that's what it ultimately is going to be, because they're going to have to undo this somehow without throwing... Chibnall's uh, entire run under the bus, right? They're they're going to they're going to they're going to pull a J.J. Abrams uh, Star Wars Episode Nine and find some way to make this nonsense, you know, match what everybody else is more comfortable with at some point, if they care. I mean, you know, uh, they're they do three episodes a season and then they wait a year and a half before the next episode. So continuity and continuation. It's not big on the BBC's docket right now, so who knows? Oh, of course, of course. What are your thoughts of what's to come? I think that what it sets up is that now anything is possible. Uh, There's now infinite number of past doctors. We'll never worry about a regeneration limit ever again or begging Time Lords to give him another cycle. I think all of that... if we are to believe what we just saw, the, the fact that the Time Lords gave him another cycle is nothing more than just to, to further the, the whole charade, right? So the, the limit was only in our head to begin with. Uh, so I, I think we're going to have an infinite number of doctors, infinite number of past doctors, and that'll be great. You'll have, it, it will be like Curse of the Fatal Death. You'll have celebrity actors getting to be the doctor for an episode that may pop in. Uh, you know, that'll happen. And I think that as far as past goes, I, I think we've just kind of blown the door wide open on that. And 
whatever showrunner comes next will be able to do whatever they want next. Uh, and, and, and until at some point the novelty of that wears down. You know, I, like I said, I know that it was a, a rather big backlash to this and the BBC defended their boy. That's great. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad that they defended their employee and that they're happy with what they, they did. I would hope so. Um, and, uh, but I, I don't, I, I don't see it being attractive to longstanding fans because we like knowing what's, what came before and believing we know what's going on. Yeah. But there always was some kind of mystery to Dr. Who, you sure. know, and everything, especially when you, why did the doctor leave Gallifrey and stuff like that? And now we're getting more into, you know, well, <laughs> the, the doctor left the Gallifrey many times sent by the Time Lords. Blah, well, blah. you know, and, and it's, 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 so, I mean, like I said, at that point, what, which life does he, you know, are we talking about? Are we talking about the William Hartnell, you know, thing? That's, that's one consistent amount of life that, that the doctor remembers. But I mean, what they ultimately did with this retelling is they turned the doctor into Moses, a baby left in a basket to be adopted, right? To then be, you know, then be the leader of of, uh, uh, of her people. We will I mean, call weird. her Moses. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, didn't you think? Didn't you get that sense a little bit with the basket and the you know and the discovery and then you know? I mean, it just I, I don't know. Just like like Superman has a a, a messiah complex storyline, they they kind of created a a. Uh, uh, an origin story of biblical proportions because now if the the doctor was an infant when uh, she left her home dimension or whatever that is then it wasn't by any choice of of her own right if, if you have uh, the William Hartnell doctor after so many centuries of living on Gallifrey taking what family he's got left him and his granddaughter and whisking away and stealing a TARDIS well that you know that's a upright uh, citizen uh, act of rebellion, right? Choosing to be a renegade. And and there could be a lot of reasons for that. There could be political reasons for that. There could be uh, a lot of reasons that he's standing up for a cause. An infant that gets thrown into the vortex, uh, again, you're robbing Jody's doctor of that agency. You know, now she's defined by that, and it wasn't by any choice that we can think of. And in fact, was manipulated continuously by other people. I think that's what I am railing against. I, I really wish the doctor had known about it. You know, let the you know let them do exactly what they did, but you know, have the 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 mental block go away and have the doctor finally absorb all that and, and realize that they that she knew about it all along or something along those lines, just so that she could own it, right? And I think the fact that they did it this way, she's going to forever not know. There's nobody alive that we, unless they can all regenerate endlessly, and unless she goes actively looking for her past. But, you know, there's not going to be any real life for that. If there was, they would have looked for Gallifrey more often when Gallifrey was back in our our pocket universe. You know, so I, I, I think it's going to be this big, big blast that means ultimately nothing. Well, of course. Well, Scott, I do appreciate getting your point of view, and thanks for joining us throughout the season. And once again for this. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> I know I, I'm overly critical, I guess, but uh, it just means I care. 
Exactly. And, you know, let's keep on caring about Doctor Who. Now we're here with Felicity. Welcome back. Thanks, Mike. Good to talk to you. Oh, it just seems like you were here yesterday, doesn't it? It does seem like that. I've been, so, uh, yeah, I've been talking a lot about Doctor Who lately. That's a good thing. It really is. And so now that the season is over, have you had time to a little bit contemplate your thoughts on it and everything? Yeah, I think, you know, my, my general thought is, why couldn't season 11 have been this good? I mean, it seemed like Chibnall had a long time to work on it. And I just felt, you know, last season, like all the scripts need a, needed a couple more drafts to to work the bugs out. Um, but I felt like this season, apart from really one story, was really very strong overall. And even Chibnall's scripts, you know, though, though it my... Favorites tend to be the stories that other authors write. I thought Chibnall's scripts, especially as they were kind of uh, pushing along the the arc of the season, uh, were much better than last season. So I just wanted to know uh, overall, basically, you know, what happened? <laughs> what happened to improve things so much? I can't, you know, can't complain, but I wish that uh, we had seen this quality from the start. Did you feel the consistency more this season like you started talking about and did you feel like the stories flowed with each other or were there ones that stood up for you um i think that the consistency was pretty much there i think no one really likes orphan 55 and it was a bummer to have that right after a very strong two-parter to start off the season but i did feel and you know there wasn't there still wasn't like a full season arc or really a lot of flow between some of the stories you know we we had all the big revelations in fugitive of the jadoon and then the next couple stories just kind of went back to individual uh storylines for their episodes so that was maybe just a little bit jarring but i think on the whole in terms of the where the companions were at and their storylines i thought that there was kind of more of a flow and less emphasis on on ryan and grant's relationship which was nice because we finally got a little bit more of development for Yaz. Oh, exactly. I, you know, I thought, especially like the last half of the season, Yaz really stood out. Yes. And that is a good thing, especially uh, if we have her continuing, which hopefully we do. Well, that gets into, I know they've been talking about that Bradley and how do you pronounce his name? Tobin? Tosin. Tosin are going to be leaving the show. That's my understanding, and uh, I, you know, it's it makes sense that their if their storyline is come, kind of coming to a close. I actually thought, you know, there seemed to be a lot of foreshadowing in the season finale that someone was going to depart a little sooner and possibly in a, a in a not a not happy way. But we'll see what happens in the uh, holiday special. Exactly, because that's where we have the Daleks coming back. Mm-hmm. I can feel, I mean, I almost feel like the Daleks are kind of overkill at this point. I mean, I, I mainly want to see how does, how does the doctor get out of this Jadun prison? Oh, exactly. And you know what the Daleks find out about it and blast them out type. <laughs> that would be interesting if like the, if the, the rescue was carried out by rogue Daleks or something like that. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't even really speculated on it just yet. Nah, too soon, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> and, you know, it's not like we don't have to wait till New Year's, so. Right. So, you know, what are your thoughts now? We have two seasons of Jody. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about her as the Doctor? 
I've, you know, I've always liked her performance. I felt like in the, in the previous season, not all the stories really served her character that well. I think partly it was the focus on, you know, on mainly on Ryan and Graham and their relationship. And Bradley Walsh, as much as I love him, he's just such a strong actor and, and strong character that he kind of dominated a little bit and didn't give as much room for Jody to develop her doctor. I do feel like they tried to make the doctor a little more front and center this season while still giving the companions things to do and, and tilting it a little bit more toward Yaz. So, I mean, Jody has always impressed me. I think that, um, but I think she really kind of more solidified into her character this season. And so maybe it's taken a little longer than it has previous doctors who hopefully by the end of their first season, I'm thinking of Capaldi, for example, like really, you know, he's been questioning all season, am I a good man? And he really kind of finds the answer in his, the end of his first season, whereas it maybe took Jodie a little bit longer, but especially with all the revel, you know, all the things she learns about herself this season, it was um, appropriate that that makes a big impact on her. Oh, very much so. And, you know, you've talked about some of the strong points, but you also touched on weakness and such. Was there anything that didn't work this season for you? I really think it's down to, to some scripts. And I, you know, I can really only point to Orphan 55 as being, you know, the low point, whereas I, I found several low points last season. Um, there were stories that didn't grab me as much. I think maybe, maybe because I was, you know, after Fugitive of the, of the June, I was expecting more. Um, Praxius didn't really do it for me, but I think it was a well-plotted episode and had a lot of interesting stuff going on. It just didn't really necessarily work for me. I liked the historical stories this season, just like I did last season. So I, the Tesla story and, and the uh, Mary Shelley Byron story, uh, I thought were both really good. No, they that's had great awesome. guest actors. Oh, the actors they had this season. Wow. You know, it's just yeah. amazing who they've gotten and everything. And I thought that was part of the strong point is the supporting casts they've had. There was also a few of them that I thought, you know, they would make great companions. Uh, yeah, well, the, definitely in the in the Spyfall Part 2, we had a couple of historical characters, um, Ada Lovelace and, and Noor, um, who almost seemed to be set up, set up as companions for that story. And even the Doctor's companions made a, a, a comment about it when she showed up with them at the end. It's like, are those our replacements? Yeah. And I thought that, I mean, Tesla certainly a very interesting character but Yaz worked so well with him I thought oh maybe Yaz will go be Tesla's companion <laughs> for now that's the episode I thought she started stepping forward definitely so. she was she was taking more of an active role and in Praxius too the though I, I wasn't as enthused about that episode she was really brave and and taking charge and and uh taking risks in that episode no, totally understand that. And that's what was cool. And, mm -hmm. you know, so the big question now is, what are you going to do till Doctor Who comes back? <laughs> you know what? I'm never, I've never complained too much about there being gaps in between Doctor Who seasons. And if, if we can have another season as good as this one and so many surprises that we don't see coming, then I'm willing to let Chibnall have the time that he needs to bring it together. Oh, sure. Totally makes sense. And we, well, we have Westworld just came back. I'm totally on board for that. And there's always other TV to watch. We have time now, of course, to uh, explore a lot of the 
streaming series and we, we're always we've always got a big backlog of shows that we want to watch so i'll just concentrate on that that is awesome well felicity thank you as always for joining us thank you mike it's a pleasure talking to you <laughs> Hey, and now we are here with Kirby. Welcome back to the show, sir. Thank you. Thank you for joining us again after the episode that you reviewed with us. I wasn't sure if you'd ever speak to us again. Oh, that, I, I enjoyed talking about the worst episode ever. Well, it was a lot of fun. And now we're really curious on what your thoughts are on the rest of the season. Overall, I loved it. It was a, it was a lot better than uh, Series 11. A lot better. You're and getting that from a lot of people. I, and there were a couple of good stories. Last, I keep wanting to say last year. It wasn't last year. <laughs> what two years ago? Mm -hmm. It just—it's hard to wrap my brain around the, these long gaps. Uh, but I—I I really enjoyed it. There, there were uh, three stories that were below average. A whole bunch of middle of the road, just good Doctor Who. And then to me, there were two excellent, excellent stories. For sure, of course. And, you know, what made the season so much better for you? Uh, more? It was more Doctor Who. It wasn't, it wasn't all, all the, the touchy-feely thing. Of, of the, the last one and and they gave the companions stuff to do uh it wasn't the the um ryan and i've gone blank graham, <laughs> graham yes ryan and graham show no they actually gave yes stuff to do yes got, got stuff to do which was a lot better i, I mean yes didn't even have anything to do in her series 11 story which was, was strange the 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 punjab one oh the one that was supposed to be all about her yeah and her family yeah and she didn't really have much to do in that one and this this time uh, i the one thing i liked about i believe it, yeah it was praxius was uh her really ex being out there and being basically a, a uh, junior doctor, and and oh, it's not a real planet. I didn't really discover a planet. <laughs> the plastic under the ocean. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. She was so disappointed. That, that was basically the only th thing I liked about Praxius. Unfortunately, it's 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 uh, second worst in my listing of show, of stories. And I also split the two two-parters. Oh, do tell. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my, I'll, I'll just go backwards with with the stories if you mind. Do this is your segment. Go for it. Okay. Uh, I have ranked Orphan Fifty Five, uh, no, number two hundred ninety-five of two hundred ninety-five Doctor Who stories. Wow. <laughs> you mean it's. It's worse than the Absorbalot episode? Okay. I'm one of the people that happens to like that one. Okay. Uh, you, you'll find about half, I'd say about half of Who fans like that one. It's, it's, it's worse than 
what was the the first real Colin story? Oh, was it Twin Dilemma? Yeah, Twin Dilemma. Twin Dilemma, I, 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 I like parts of it, but it's pretty strange. Uh, okay, so Orphan 55, we've, we've gone over that one. Praxius uh, is, is number nine. And um, it just didn't seem to have a lot of focus. And, and the poor guy got pecked to death on the beach and no one cared. <laughs> nope. Nope, nope, nope. So, so that's, that was uh, number nine. Number eight, even though I liked the animated segment, was Can You Hear Me? Uh, we really, I really didn't need a mental health story. Okay. Uh, it's, that, that doesn't, no, not for Doctor Who. I mean, some someone I know has uh, some problems, and I didn't want them to even watch it. They sometimes watch with me, and no. Uh, then number seven was, was Spyfall Part Two, which to me, Spyfall Part One I loved. It's close to the top, but Spyfall Part Two did not go the did not fulfill the arc that I wanted. And uh, the the um, the web guy just that didn't really seem to go anyplace. There was no resolution to the uh, to the light creatures. Really, uh, it was just kind. Of, the whole thing was just kind of. Re resolved too quickly. It just Spyfall Part One ended great, but Spyfall Part Two, no. Okay. Uh, then uh, Ascension of the Cybermen was my number six. It just it, it was a lot of exposition to go into Timeless Children, but but it was kind of unnecessary. It, it would have been better if they had made a, a total a longer story of shorter ascension and longer timeless children that makes sense okay uh number five i mean we're we're in these are the middle ones they're pretty much interchangeable uh haunting villa diodate i really like that one uh the biggest problem i had with some of these middle ones was i had to watch them twice before I liked them. Like Ascension of Cybermen and Haunting Villa Diodati, I didn't like when I first watched them, and they moved up when I watched them the second time. Which, uh, which Doctor Who should not do that. Chib Chibs, write it so you enjoy it the first time through. Mm -hmm. You don't have to watch it and say, you know, that actually was a good episode. Yeah. Or... Uh, the. I didn't get the um, the Castro Valvinus of the house at first. Right. And then watching it again. Yeah, okay. That's fine. It makes sense. Um, number four uh, was Nikola Tesla. Of course. Uh, a, a lot of people, particularly on our podcast, 20 Megabyte, 
uh, a lot of people put that one further down the list, and I happen to like it. I thought it was one of the best stories this season, truthfully. Yeah, but, and I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, num- to, my number... Th- to each yeah. their own, as we like to say. Yeah. My number three was Spyfall Part 1. I okay. thought it was really getting the season off to a good start. And uh, I love this master. <laughs> I really <laughs> love this master. You like that he's just crazy. Well, he's not as crazy as Missy. I, I, if I had to rank masters, uh, Delgado is, of course, the master. Of course. Uh, Missy's not one of my favorites. I know a lot of people like her. but Okay. So anyway, what's your couple, your favorite ones? My, my, my number two, obviously, there's, there's only two there. Uh, it's hard to decide, but Timeless Children is number two. Wow. Okay. Uh, I loved it. It did okay. not change Doctor Who. I didn't listen to you guys talk about Time's Children yet. I don't know what, what your opinion was, but I liked it. I didn't have any problem with where, where Chibs is going with things. It does not ruin Doctor Who. Everything's fine. I also have my own opinion that I don't think the doctor is that child. No, I, I have I, my, I have my opinion on that. I think that uh, it's the master. You think so? Yeah. And he's, he's, he's trying to, he's pushing it. He's, he's trying to trick her. So obviously uh, number one, fugitive, fugitive of the Jadoon. Oh yeah. That was the mind blower. That was such a mind blower, and to hit us with two things at once, and just okay, hit us with Captain Jack, and we're not expecting the real mind blower. Yeah, <laughs> it says, oh, "Okay." You thought Captain Jack was the mind blower, but yeah. no, Chibnall had a really. Hit. I was. I was. Um, I was spoiled by Captain Jack because uh, I'm, uh, deliberately, I'm, I must say, while it was being broadcast in Britain, I was following it on Twitter. If you've ever watched Doctor Who by seeing what the Twitter comments are, it's bizarre. <laughs> and so so I saw the comments of Captain Jack and go, oh, okay. And then... Uh, he he himself spoiled it on Twitter a few minutes after he appeared, of course. Uh, of course. But, and then people were going, people were freaking out once uh, Dr. Ruth showed up. And I didn't understand what was going on because, of course, I didn't have any video. <laughs> so, no, of course. That I didn't quite understand. So I didn't, uh, it was later that night that I was blown away and i of all of the stories this series i think i've watched fugitive six or seven times which is uh more than any of the others usually wow. i watch every story twice uh, even orphan 55 ugh. but and some of the middle ones i watch like nikola tesla i think i watched four times okay makes total sense so 
So what do you think of Jody as the doctor? Uh, great. Okay. Are you happy? Do you feel like she's fit into the role more that she's made it her own? Uh, not exactly her own yet. Okay. Cause you know, like some people like have what we like to call what the doctor moment. Yeah. And so, you know, you don't think she's had it yet or. No, I, she was the doctor that the, with, to me within uh, seconds of uh, her appearance and woman who fell to earth. Gotcha. Uh, it's just that she she's tending to. I don't think she's actually got her own doctor in there yet. She seems to be channeling uh, a combination of Tennant and uh, it's almost like Tennant Capaldi and Smith at times. Gotcha. It, it's 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 odd. She needs to to. And there's too much crouching and uh, scowling. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> well, still, still, I like her. I like. Okay, her. so you you overall had really good feelings for the season. Yes, yes. That is awesome. You know, looking, looking forward to. I hope that we have. Well, obviously, we're going to get more of the uh, Doctor Ruth stuff. I, I'm pretty sure because if we're we're dealing with what for whatever reason, the doctor is in Shada. It has to be Shada. And the Jadun is still working for uh, the, I, I keep wanting to say the CIA, the Celestial Intervention Agency. I don't remember what they're call, calling them now. Right. The Gallifreyans just say. Yeah, yeah. So that's all going to come back together. And we're going oh, to much more of, of Ruth Doctor. And wouldn't it be cool if we have a couple of stories with them working together. That would be awesome. I (laughs) really look forward to that. You know, I hope you got that right, dude. I really do. Well, thank you for joining us, Kirby, as always. All right. Thanks for having me. And now we are here with Jen Allen. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me back. (laughs) Jennifer, the big question. We had you on at the beginning of the season. How does the rest of the season go for you? I had it ups and downs. I liked uh, Fugitive for Jadoon. That was probably the fa- my favorite episode of the season. Uh, Orphan 55, not so much. A few in there, like they met up with, you know, Mary and Percy Shelley and Nikola Tesla and all that. That was cool. But it was very seesaw-y. There were good episodes. There were bad episodes. I felt that it, it wasn't very consistent. Okay. That totally makes sense. That's what a lot of folks are saying. And you said, so you said the fugitive of the Jadoon, what made that one so special for you? Uh, Just the introduction of the fugitive doctor. It just, it leaves a lot of like, oh, where does she come from? And how does she fit into the doctor's regenerative, you know, lifespan? They, They still have that up in the air and it would be nice to learn more about her kind of like how we learned about the war doctor and so forth no totally understand that and everything and so what flowed what didn't um i liked that again this season wasn't the graham show (laughs) like last season that was a big thing yaz got to do a bit more unfortunately uh the other two companions kind of fell to the background because of that um 
I like the new master. I think he's awesome. We still need to figure out where he fits in the master's regenerative cycle. Um, hopefully they'll uh, go through that in the next season. And of course, Jodie Whittaker is brilliant. I love her. Uh, she was, I felt pretty consistent throughout the season. Oh, totally can understand that. She, I think she really fit into the role this season more than even last season. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I totally understand and such what you were saying about, you know, the companions and and such. It even felt more so later in the year than at the beginning. Yes. Agreed. (laughs) And the chemistries were working a little bit more and such, but some majorly fell apart and everything. What Mm -hmm. was your thoughts on the whole timeless child thing? Um, and you can tell everyone what you really think if you liked it or not. It's okay. I I did not like it. Uh, it. It felt like Chibnall was basically going, "I write fan fiction for Doctor Who, and I'm making a canon." <laughs> okay, sorry, but that's how I feel. <laughs> no, that's totally fair, um, <laughs> and that totally makes sense in a lot of ways because you know. You know, this is his show now, and mm-hmm. you know he destroyed Gallifrey again. Uh huh. Yeah, but then he went. Oh, by the way, uh, the the whole regenerative thing that was actually spliced DNA, and it wasn't actually innate to the Time Lords, and blah 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 blah. And the Timeless Child, spoiler alert, is the Doctor, uh, and this, that, and the other thing. And essentially, then the whole like the Time Lords were Cybermen. Like, what the hell are you doing, dude? <laughs> It didn't make any sense. Oh, my head hurt. <laughs> you know, you're not the first person to say that, so it's okay. <laughs> and everything. How do you feel about how they wrapped up the season? Um, we'll see what happens with the revolution of the Daleks in, in Christmas time. But uh, I don't know. Uh, it, it, the left more questions than answers in my opinion as far as where the doctor comes from where the master comes from where the time lords come from and and so forth it's kind of like okay because half of the canon that's been in the show throughout the whole thing like we now know that hartnell is not the first doctor uh, and things like that and i'm thinking down the line this is going to mess up hall of river stuff uh and so forth he's basically taken a lot of lore and kind of thrown it over his shoulder how do you think it could ruin river stuff i'm just curious um as far as when she meets up with him it changes a few perspectives of things of because you remember they meet each other in reverse the whole time of course uh so i'm thinking about like how will this affect some stuff with tenant going forward as far as her i i I don't know i just have this feeling it's going to mess up her whole thing as far as running into the doctor and her interactions with him and you know i would love to see her meet the newest doctor and find that low he's a she but uh, i don't think it would matter to her no no true you that's know, true. that's just the way she rolls. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I think that's pretty awesome. And, you know, do you think, you know, the show's in good hands now, or are you kind of worried where it's going to go? Well, the ratings have gone down, I found out, from series 11 to series 12. And it hadn't gotten this low since, you know, the seventh Doctor. 
when, you know, and that was why it was canceled because it got really low ratings and it was getting really bad press and the plots were crap. If you watch that era, I didn't watch that. I had actually stopped watching when Colin Baker was on, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's, I don't know. I'm worried. I mean, they're going to probably do one more series and see where it goes. And obviously they got the Christmas special coming up, but I don't know if they'll have a series 14. I'll be very interested to see where it goes with that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, what, you know, what are your thoughts? Cause you know, they've said that both Graham and Ryan are leaving the show at the Chris, at the new year's special. Mm -hmm. And yeah. what are your thoughts? Do you want to see Yaz stay or do you want to see all three go and fresh blood in with the doctor? I actually, I like that. Yaz got a little bit of an arc this year. Well, she had a little bit of an arc, last season with you know running into her ancestor and all that but they've kind of lost the fact that she was a police officer and all that that's kind of gotten lost in the mix i'd like for them to go back to that but ryan didn't really have a lot to do this season and i kept thinking him and yaz were gonna like build on their friendship and besides skyfall not skyfall spyfall not really um Graham has kind of fallen I mean remember last season it was mostly about him and and his interactions with everybody and I think he's finally gotten tired of the show I don't know I mean Bradley Walsh is a great actor but I think he's finally going you know what no, this is this is good I'm good I'm good <laughs> oh. does because of what happened this season make you sour on Doctor Who that you might not watch it anymore um well, to be fair, I actually stopped watching about half the way through Capaldi's run because, again, Clara. But we, we've already discussed that. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've totally talked about that. I liked when Bill was on. I liked Bill as a character. Uh, so I watched a little bit of when she was on. Uh, but I, I think the writing had taken a major downward turn after Clara left. Uh, nothing to do with Bill. I think she's a great actress, uh, the actress who played her. Um, it just got to the point that I was not liking a lot of the episodes anymore. I just, I, nothing against Capaldi. Capaldi's a great actor. I mean, in the cut, watch it. You'd have to watch it at least once because hearing him say, fuckity bye, is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think at this point, Moffat had kind of, I don't know what happened, but his his scripts and and so forth. I think just show just took a downward turn, probably about second season of Capaldi, and uh, I don't know. And I was like, oh great, and they're finally getting another one, and it's going to be a girl, and it's going to be great, it's going to be awesome. And they have a they're putting more diversity in with all these other actors of different races and and all that, and having Yaz on the show and everything else is great, and and Ryan and so forth and. I was so hopeful because I liked the first episode of series uh, 11. I liked it. It was cool jumping off point. And I was like, Jodie Whittaker's going to be awesome. And over the course of the season, I liked the Rosa Parks episode. And I liked the episode in India. Other than that, I didn't really like much of series 11. And then series 12, you know, Spyfall was great. I loved it. There were a couple of bad points to it. But otherwise, it was pretty solid. And I love the new master. He's awesome. And then okay. Orphan 55 was right after that. <laughs> yeah. 
I do understand that. <laughs> totally understand that. So, ah, okay. Here's the bigger and better things, right, Jen? Right, exactly. Yes. Well, thank you again for joining us on the podcast. Well, thank you. I'd love to be on more if you'll ever have me. <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, we're now here with Alan. Welcome back to the show, sir. Always a pleasure to be here. So we had you on the Tesla episode, and mm -hmm. now the season's done. Let's figure out, you know, we, you were very optimistic about where the show was going and everything. And <laughs> Was I? Yeah, you were, kind of. <laughs> okay, well, good for me. Exactly, <laughs> except, for, except for one of the episodes. We all hated that one, but we're not talking about the doctor on vacation or anything like that. Well, so, uh, yeah, the one that I was on was, was talking about Tesla, and that was still pretty early in the season. Exactly. So, and yeah, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. You were a little iffy on the master, if I remember, and I'm curious to see. So tell me about, like, what do you think how the season proceeded and went through? Well, okay. Um, and don't pull any punches. Don't worry. Okay. Your monks, friends. Oh, good to know. Um, well, you, I wasn't really that dissatisfied with series eleven. A lot of people were, but I, 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 I kind of enjoyed it. It was nice to have a fresh start with no returning monsters or villains. It was nice to have a season with no story arc and all that kind of stuff. And it was nice for me personally. It was nice to see a return to, you know, like a multiple companion setup. All that stuff is stuff that I really enjoy. Um, and it seems like C Series 12 was a huge turnaround. Like it was a complete 180 on everything. And Chibnall just threw everything he possibly could at the screen. You know, almost like a desperate, please like what we're doing kind of move. You know? For sure, I could see it that. Was, it was a little hectic and a little you know, overwhelming at times. And it was like, it would give you whiplash how much stuff would, you know, be thrown at you. And it was, it was just, it was kind of crazy. There was a lot of good stuff that happened during it, but you know, when you kind of take it all in at one thing, it's like, holy smokes, like, where are you trying to go with all this stuff? <laughs> oh yeah, of course. And, you know, it did feel like, you know, because last season, it felt like Chibnall was like completely staying away from anything that was familiar to Doctor mm -hmm. Who. Mm -hmm. And this season, he said, screw it. You know, yeah. people were complaining about everything. Let's throw everything in. And hey, while we're at it, let's change canon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was it was interesting how he did that. And it, when he did, some of the things worked. I'm not going to say it didn't. Mm -hmm. But... I think some of it, you know, fell flat on its face. Okay. What's something that you thought did not work? Um, I'm going to say, you know, some of the, you know, there's little inconsistencies and holes that didn't work in the season. I like the whole idea of the lone Cyberman mm -hmm. and I thought, Oh, this is awesome. And the thing with the Siberium. And mm -hmm. I thought mm -hmm. that, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. And then when they went in and, you know, and they surprised us because they brought the lone Cybermen in a lot earlier than they thought they were going to. I thought yeah. it was going to be the last, the final two parter, mm -hmm. but no, it was in the Mary Shelley story. 
And I will say, I think that may be the best episode so far of Chibnall's run. Um, and I thought, you know, it, it's a really, really you, when you have something that's returning as you know that's been around as long as the Daleks or the Cybermen, you always want to try and kind of come up with some new angle for it. And I thought that what they did in that episode was really, really inventive and really interesting. I thought it was, and plus not only that, but it was probably the most, uh, the moodiest and most atmospheric and most uh, creepy episode that they had done so far. I thought it was so good. Oh, exactly. I, it was a very good mood piece. Yeah. But it, but it almost felt like that story was two different, two different episodes. It felt like it was a very mm-hmm. big mood piece and everything. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they threw in the Cyberman. But see, I, see, to me that worked. I thought that really worked. And, um, you know, I mean, it's kind of like a lot of things that happened in this season seem like retreads of things that have been done before that Chibnall kind of like, you know, co-opted and put his own spin on. And of right. course, Big Finish had already done you know, a Mary Shelley gets her inspiration for for Frankenstein from a Cyberman. It's not new territory. Yes and no, because I've been doing some reading and some research. A lot of the people who watch Doctor Who don't listen to Big Finish. Oh, I know that. I'm, and, and so that's very true. And so this is all new to them. Oh, of course. And so even when you know they brought back the Eighth Doctor for the mini. And mm-hmm. he mentioned, you know, Charlie and a couple mm-hmm. of other companions. People are like, who? You know, type. Oh, I know. And I know. That's, that's all, of us, all, all of us were things. geeking out and we're like, oh, big finish. Yeah. That's awesome. It's canon now, you know. So. Sure. All I'm saying is that Chibnall gets his ideas from somewhere. Oh, very. <laughs> no, I agree. He, he is He is guilty of mining the rich vein of ideas that Doctor Who has presented in the past. Right. And that episode you were mentioning with Mary Shelley, that was a true spooky episode. Mm-hmm. I love the mood. I, and I actually loved the companions and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, agreed. And for me, some of the weak parts are in the season still were the companions. I thought a, they did. I was really happy. They did not shine completely on Graham this season. Yeah. But you know, Ryan was still a waste this whole season. And, you know, I think the one who really shined this season was Yaz, especially Mm -hmm. later in the season. Yeah, definitely. And I could definitely see now that they've announced that Bradley and um, Ryan are leaving. Yeah. uh, You know, it's going to most likely be Yaz staying too, but I've Mm -hmm. also heard she might be leaving. So I'm not. Oh, I hadn't heard that. I hope that's not. Well, I mean, I wouldn't mind having a complete new set of companions, but I would like to see Yaz continue on with one new person. Mm -hmm. Not too. I think that would be fun. Exactly. Not too many people. I think that would work really well. Yeah. And, you know, when when I said things fell flat, I just thought mostly what fell flat was the story holes. And there were a lot of them, especially the last two parter. Mm-hmm. And it was just, you know, there were things I've gone back and watched that like three times mm-hmm. and I like it more than some people do. And, <laughs> and, you know, I didn't mind the master. I didn't mind the Cybermen. The thing that still gets me to this moment is the cyber Gallifreyans. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot about that kind of subplot that I don't really, that doesn't quite add up to me. One of those things is purely aesthetic. I don't know why if you build Cybermen out of Time Lord corpses, they suddenly feel a need to put on big collars and capes. Exactly. Oh my gosh. That was a little bit much. Those will make great Funko Pop figures. Uh, I will say that. <laughs> I do want to see a good cosplay at Dragon Con. Oh God, yes, that would be amazing <laughs> to see. But yeah, oh, I, th- I think that that totally fell flat with me. Mm-hmm. And you know, and once again, you know, Moffat did everything in his power to bring back Gallifrey. Now, mm-hmm. Chibnall got rid of it again. Yeah, and you know, RTD brought it, destroyed it, and it's just like. And so whoever is going to be the showrunner next will bring it back. Yeah, it's 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 a big retread. It's, you know, covering ground we've already covered. Mm-hmm. They didn't and, need to go there. Yeah. And um, I don't think that um, – to me, it was just too soon to have another season with the Master. You know, it hasn't been that long since uh, Missy's been gone. And bringing in this master really kind of almost negated the whole three-season plot that we had with Missy, where she did question her motives. And I just thought that whole three-season arc with her was fabulous. And so now we have, you know, another angry, crazy, evil master again, which is fine. I just think that it should have been a little bit more time before that happened again. Well, I'm having a feeling that this master is before Missy. I, I don't know. You know, and but you can never go what order the master's in anyway. Exactly. And exactly. So, and that's not something they'll ever address. So, you know, no, not it's perfectly all. fine if that's, if that fits your, you know, your personal canon, but yeah. it'll never be official in the show. They'll never bother with that. No, and, you know, but I will give you this. They had the biggest surprise this season, and mm-hmm. that, of course, was Ruth Doctor, mm-hmm. and which was blew in her mind because they <laughs> said some, and they, when they said something big is going to happen in this episode, and I thought it was just Captain Jack coming back for a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. And I love how they pulled that over, and nobody blew it. Nobody leaked it. I know, it. and that is that is a big change from the last couple of Moffat seasons where every big thing they used as a promotional item, the return of the master, that whole thing was set up. Um, and even the, the Cybermen, but the return of the master, that, that whole moment where he pulls off his mask and unveils who he is, you could see, uh, you could see Rachel Talalay, the director building to that moment so carefully and so methodically and it was an incredible moment had we not known four months earlier that the master was returning that would have been the biggest moment of the season as it was you're like why bother trying to build this suspense when we've known for four months that he's going to be there exactly so the the fact that in the chibnall's period they do seem to be taking a very different um a very different tack toward keeping secrets secret. And I, that's something I am greatly appreciative of. No, exactly. And that's one of the nice things about what they're doing 
is they're keeping things very close to the vest. Yeah. You know, and the even the first two-parter, when they revealed that the agent was actually the master, mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. like, I didn't know that was coming. No, 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 exactly. That was a cool moment, too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I, and I love how they did it. You know, how they say spy, master. Mm-hmm. And I, that was and the look on the doctor's face, not getting it quite yet. Mm-hmm. And I will say this about the season. I thought Jody was brilliant. I thought she was great. Absolutely. I thought she was in her first season. I, I really, really like her a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it's kind of tough because you have somebody like Joe Martin step in and almost steals your show away from you. But that's I think that's the way, at least partly, it's how the the part was written. But I I'm, I I think Jody's fantastic, and I, I I'd be happy if she stayed around for you know a while. I'm I enjoy her. Mm, I do too. And there's too many people who are starting to blame her for the bad story. But see, I knew that's what would happen if you finally got a woman in the lead role. Then, if anything else around her went wrong, she would be the one who would take the blame for it, no matter how good she was. And that's kind of what's happened. And I really, really feel bad for her and for the show that that's what's happened. And for, you know, fans who are into this and especially for women who have like celebrated this, the moment where she did the unveil and pulled off her hoodie. And there she was the first female doctor. I just, man, it's just a crime that she's taking the the heat for some of this stuff because it's not her fault. Mm-hmm. Exactly, she, it isn't. She was phenomenal in Spyfall. Um, there was a scene where, and I think it was at the end of the first episode, where she confronts, um, I can't even remember the guy's name, but the big villain of the piece, the one who's kind of behind the invasion of these, you know, other alien things. And they're at the party at his house, and she just walks up to him and says, look, I know what you're doing. I know you're in league with these aliens and he tries to tries to play it off and she just comes right at him. And I thought she was so fantastic in that. No, I think that's totally awesome. And she was great. What do you think of the whole thing with the timeless child? Um, I think it's a huge mess. However, I don't think it's necessarily bad. You know, the whole idea of there being pre Hartnell doctors, um, has been around for, you know, a long time since the nineties, at least in the novels. So that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, I, I just don't know what the point of it is. I don't see what impact doing this big unveiling is going to have on the show. Like, what do you do with it now that it's out there? How is the show going to change or, you know, is this going to change the character of the doctor? Does this, does this really, cause something that big, it's going to have an impact on you. So how does, how does the doctor go forward from this or will she, I don't want to, she doesn't, have, what's the point? Exactly. I don't want to have the whole next season being her to search about her past lives or something. But like see, that, that would be fine. I would be okay with that. As long as what they're, what they've done in these episodes has meaning. You know, it's, it's, it's the other the sort of the flip side of this is the the cyber lords. If you're going to have if you're going to do the big step of taking cybermen, they invade Gallifrey. 
they, you know, assimilate, you know, Time Lord corpses and become something completely new and different, then do something with it. Don't end it in the same episode. You know, it's like I'm on a rant now. It's like when uh, RTD did the whole thing, you know, the first time ever that the Cybermen and the Daleks meet. And all they do is sort of like, you know, smack talk each other. And it was so pointless. If you're going to finally do that, then do something with it. You know, don't make don't make it a throwaway thing. And that's all this, you know, Cyberlord stuff was. It was a throwaway thing. And it was wrapped up so ridiculously easily with this, you know, whoever this guy was who just runs in the room and says, oh, by the way, I've done all this stuff and I'll take your gun and I'm ready to die and I'll end all this. And you go get in your TARDIS and, you know, head back to your companions. And it was just, it was inconsequential. And if you're going to do something monumental like that, don't make it inconsequential. Nope. Exactly. That's my rant for the day. Cool. That is perfect, Alan. So you're still on board with Doctor Who then? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Alan, so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Let's go wrap up our Season 12 review. Thank you, everybody, who persevered with us. And it was awesome having you guys with us. And thank you, everyone, who sat in with us. But we're not done. We're not done by a far reaching number of things we have so much stuff that we have planned for you guys throughout the next probably nine months ten months until we get new doctor who and it's only gonna be one episode folks and it's gonna be interesting to see what actually happens now that with the coronavirus and stuff and you know all these production houses shutting down and everything is that going to push doctor who even further back no that's a good question Exactly. So I'm very curious to see what happens. You know, we might, there's a chance, dare I say it, that we might not get Doctor Who back till late 2021. And that's a lot of filling in for us to do. (laughs) But we'll be here, but we're going to go back to our old schedule of every other week. And as always, we'll have the same crew with us. So, of course, let's thank Mr. Mike. As always, it's my pleasure. And Mary. Oh, thanks for having me. It was another great season to talk about. And like I said, we're not done. We're going to be back in two weeks when we've got a very special April 1st episode for you. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's just talking about our favorite new companion. That's all we're talking about. So it should be interesting to do. But until then, my name is Mike Favor. We will see you here next time on the Earth Station Who podcast. Peace. And we are done. Woohoo. No, we're not. We're not done by a long shot. You just said so. <laughs> over? Did you say over? Nothing is over until we decide it is. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Germans? Forget it, he's rolling. And it ain't over now. Because when the going gets tough, The tough get going! Who's with me? Let's go! Come on! You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. 
All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. You have 30 seconds to describe Thunder Talk. It's pop culture. With a twist. It's music. LBGTQ+. And comedy. Well, dark comedy. It's nerd junk. It's comic books. Video games. Conventions. Yeah, nerd junk. And social commentary. It's woke, yo. Yeah, and nerd junk. Woke nerd junk. Thunder Talk is all over the place. Every place you want to be. Thunder Talk is a proud member of the ESO Network. Find us at thundertalk.org and download us on all podcast platforms. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.